0: Okay, with music that cool, you got to think that something special might be happening. Hi, I'm Dina Tripodis, and welcome to Whiskey Business, a podcast not about whiskey, my friends, but with whiskey. I know, what a twist. Uh, over the course of these podcasts, the mission is simple. Uh, acquaint you with uh, a whiskey that we'll be partaking in this evening that you, you might want to try after we're done and then pick a topic of discussion, and then have that discussion in the best way possible over a good, strong, pour. That's right. We'll be drinking the whiskey that we talk about tonight, and uh, some of my best conversations in my life have been over a good pour of whiskey. Let me tell you what our topic will be tonight on our first whiskey business. We're going to talk about the best booze movies of all time. Hollywood has had a love affair with booze and 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 the boozers in those movies, and I have two great guests to kick off my podcast for this evening. I've got George Wolf, who is a member of the Central Ohio Film Critics Association, who also has his own podcast, thescreeningroompodcast.com, and Johnny DiLoretto, who you could hear on Cinema Classics on WCBE, and also the host of the Not-So-Late Show at the Backstage Bistro That's the last Thursday of every month at the Backstage Bistro in Columbus, Ohio. Both movie critics, both aficionados of film, both. Excellent guests to kick off our show. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks thank for you. being
1: here. So thank much. you, Dino. As and to add, a big drinker. I, I am admittedly a big drinker. I don't know, George, are you? Um,
2: I was, you know, when we were talking about this beforehand, I told Dino I do keep a bottle of Crown Royal at the house. Canadian whiskey. I enjoy the Crown Royal. Nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. Um, I enjoy uh, some vodka. I enjoy some tequila. Bourbon. I'll be honest, don't have a lot of history with bourbon, so I'm kind of a newbie. All right. So we'll see how it goes.
0: That's terrific. There are are no strangers
2: here. And if you are a newbie, my friend, then we will make you uh,
0: acquainted with something perhaps that you like. Tonight, on our first podcast, it's a bourbon whiskey. That's my favorite sound in the world, by the way. I don't know if if you picked up. Did you hear that? Okay, cool. Yeah. And the next favorite sound is when it goes right over the ice like that. Uh, the whiskey tonight is uh, Larceny. It's a lovely bourbon. Here's the thing about bourbon. Let me just get this out of the way real quick, and I won't belabor the point in future podcasts. I've been a bourbon drinker and a whiskey drinker for quite some time, and I love bourbon. I've I've drank bourbon for years. Bourbon has gotten very, very Popular, the cocktail hipsters have discovered bourbon. Consequently, the bourbon that was in large supply is now in small supply and has gone up in cost because of the cocktail hipsters. I'm not begrudging you, <laughs> hipsters. I'm, I'm uh-huh. thrilled. I'm thrilled that you found a good libation to partake in. But it is my most sincere hope that in the months and years to come, you discover gin. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, tonight, it's larceny. Larceny. Johnny, have you ever had this? No, sir. Larceny is, um, well, first of all, it's the guy who uh, originated is John E. Fitzgerald, a little history. Okay. A little back history. He was a treasury agent who also had a taste for bourbon, which didn't go really... Hand in hand, back in those days. Okay, we're talking about the days of prohibition.
1: Hmm. Right yeah. away, making me think of the Untouchables. Uh huh.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, he built a distillery on the banks of the Kentucky River. He eventually sold it to Julian Pappy Van Winkle. Okay, and uh, that's a great name. Yeah. Well, Pappy Van Winkle is uh, one of the. It's uh, it's the uh, it's the Ark. It's the Lost Ark.
1: Yeah, that's the much uh, sought uh, after of, of whiskey. Really?
0: Yeah, it's ridiculously expensive now. Never used to be. The hipsters. the hipsters. The hipsters. Now, is that
1: partially attributable to Justified? Yes,
0: it is. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they they took a shot of that bottle, mm-hmm. uh, and I went,
1: no! <laughs> <laughs> Did you know about it before?
0: Yes. Okay. Yes, because I was able to buy the 12-year-old Van Winkle for like 70 bucks a bottle back wow. in the day. I can't touch that bottle now for less than 135 retail, and if you're lucky to find it at that price you've know, you you've been charmed yeah. because it immediately goes from wherever somebody bought it for that much on Craigslist for $400 and $500 a wow. bottle. Wow. Yeah. It'll be my mission and goal to acquaint you with a lot of different whiskeys uh, throughout the various podcasts and also uh, that are reasonably priced. Larceny is 28 bucks a bottle. You don't have to spend $150 to get a good bourbon. All right. Just oh, let me tell you that
1: I've already been drinking it. All
0: right. And what do you and what do you think of the aroma?
1: <laughs> no, I I'm not good with aromas. Okay. I'm not good with the nose. You're not good
0: <laughs> because there's a hint, the bouquet. There's a hint of toffee in it, and a little bit of butterscotch. Okay. All right. Okay. You're yeah. like
1: the sommelier of whiskey. N- yes. It's, yeah. Is the there taste, a term for that? I don't
0: know if there is. Okay. There's a the taste has a little bit of caramel. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of honey.
1: But not too sweet. See. No. You can tell it's like. I, once the whiskey starts creeping up past $28 a bottle, right, it starts to get a little sweet, a little fussy for me sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, this one is
0: This one is sweet. It's got a, nice. it's a little sweet and then a little savory finish at the end. Mm-hmm. So it's got not, not a bite, just a little right. nibble yeah. at the end of it. And like I said, retails for about 28 bucks a bottle. Mm-hmm. So Larceny is our whiskey of choice tonight. And our topic, ladies and gentlemen who might be tuning in this evening, the best booze movies of all time—movies uh, that either uh, make you want to drink, make yeah. you not want to drink. Uh, booze characters, Hollywood, like I said, has had a love affair with those characters and those types of movies sure. for decades upon decades. From the humorous to the serious. So I'm going to start with I'm going to start with George.
2: Yeah, George, give me a movie. Okay. Well, there's some when you talk about this topic, some you know leap right off the page, some come to mind i kind of stayed away from that a little bit we may talk about those and that's fine i try to go off the path a little bit and i'm going to grab one uh, from 2012 a movie called grabbers 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 okay it is an have you heard of this tony yeah, yeah, okay sure. good okay it's, now i'm getting
0: educated because i've never <laughs> heard about this
2: movie now, i've not seen it george but i've heard of it it's a it's an irish film so the bona fides on drinking there are pretty good and it's a horror comedy and it's a lot of fun because what happens is there's an island off the coast of Ireland it's invaded by blood sucking aliens and the heroes discover that the one way to survive is upping your blood alcohol level <laughs> see okay fun
0: will this work in a zombie apocalypse as well you know what it's worth a shot <laughs>
2: but uh, it's because a I lot of praying for that by the <laughs> way oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah all right it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It just came out, like I said, in 2012. And uh, horror genre is kind of our, on our website, madwolf.com, it's, it's kind of our genre of choice. And so we're always looking for these types of movies. Sometimes when we, when we have a show, a, a horror film, it's nice to do one that's fun. Some people don't like the really scary, really gory ones, so we'll go with something that's fun. This is a lot of fun because it takes that premise of aliens. How are we going to fight them off? You know how we're going to fight them off? We're going to get drunk because they can't deal with our blood alcohol was, level. Was there, was there a specific type of booze involved in the movie? No, I don't think there was any specific type. A, sp- a but kind they, of a
0: whiskey? Um, no, was, it, just... was it perhaps gin, he said <laughs> to the cocktail
1: hipsters? <laughs> now, speaking Man, of you're... the uh, zombie apocalypse, Dino, if you were confronted with an oncoming zombie, mm-hmm. and you know you can only kill them by, you know, busting their heads open, and all you had to defend yourself was a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle, what oh, do you do? What, what do you do? You do? do, you do?
0: <laughs> I was not anticipating uh, this type of a dilemma question so early in our broadcast history here <laughs> on Whiskey Business. Um, I would probably, as much as it pains me to do so... Chug the Van Winkle,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, and then kill the zombie uh, with the empty with the, empty, with yeah. the yeah. empty bottle. I got it. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's, smart.
2: <laughs> that's the man with the plan. One last thing about about Grabbers, the, the director, <laughs> uh, a guy named John Wright. Before shooting, he took the lead actors out and got them drunk to basically see how they acted, and they they uh, discovered many quirks about the character, about the actual actors that he worked into the performances. So uh, it was not only drunk. On screen, but actually drunk before they even started shooting, just to kind of round out the characters. So, uh, a kind of method acting. Yes. To yes. some degree. All right, Grabbers. Grabbers, 2012. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Jot that one down, kids, and uh, and catch that one. I'm going to have to watch that one myself. Johnny D.
1: You know, when you were doing your intro to the show, you uncorked the bottle. Mm-hmm. That sound. Yeah. Uh, there's a movie. Let me do it again. No, oh, pl- yeah. Work- please that, go ahead. It, is do is it again. Is that working do for you? Do it again. Yeah.
0: I don't know because that was the first. That was the first pull. Yeah. So I don't know if the second one is nearly as is good. But oh. no, uh, yeah.
1: wasn't bad. It's wasn't the bad. squeak. It's the squeak before the pop that really gets me. And a <laughs> couple. But um... <laughs> see, <laughs> see, we can wax romantic <laughs> about a cork. <laughs> ladies and the gentlemen, the squeaking and the popping. All right, movie. <clears throat> Unforgiven. Unforgiven Western. Ah. Yeah. I love that movie. I think it's one of the greatest accomplishments of American cinema. It's a great movie. Yeah. No argument. Uh, d- uh, I was going to say De Niro. Um, Clint Eastwood avoids drinking throughout the course of the movie. He is a recovering alcoholic. He's, as you know, an inveterate gunslinger, and he's changed. And so they go off on this uh, bounty. They're, they're after these two uh, cowboys, right? And all the while, Clint Eastwood is telling you, he's telling us, I'm not that same guy. You keep hearing this this mythology about this character, William Money. He's killed women and children. He's the worst type of dude. And he's telling us, no, I'm not this guy. I'm, I'm changed. My wife changed me. My, my dearly beloved uh, wife who's passed away. I'm not this guy. Finally, at the end of the movie, Gene Hackman kills... Uh, his best friend, played by Morgan Freeman, mm-hmm. and spoiler he, alert, yeah, spoiler alert. It's <laughs> 1992. I that's think we the, can. We, I don't
0: know we never know. There listen. might be
1: some people that haven't seen it, but uh, they're going to have to toughen up. And <laughs> <with> it. <laughs> it's not the revelation; it's the getting to uh-huh. part that's cool. And uh, he he asks for the bottle of whiskey from the kid, and he uncorks it, and it makes that sound. And drinking it transforms him into the Clint Eastwood we've been waiting for. Uh-huh. And I- I'll never forget that moment. He goes into town and he like, can I say, are we... Langu- sure, uh, language? Sure, language is not a problem. And he fucking lays waste <laughs> to Gene Hackman and all those deputies. And it's this glorious thing. And it, it's in a way, it kind of like... You know it awakens this thing in you as a spectator that you've been waiting for you know he's playing with his image that entire film he's he's playing with what your expectations of clint eastwood are and it's the whiskey that unleashes the classic clint eastwood hero i just love that all right both
0: of you so far awesome off the beaten path choices mine is probably a little more obvious but i think it's it's definitely one of my favorite booze movies for all the wrong reasons. Uh, Leaving Las Vegas mm-hmm. with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Okay, you see a guy going to pretty much end his life by drinking himself to death. It should be a film that you watch and you go, "Oh my God, I'm never going to drink again. I don't ever want to drink. Look what can happen. Look what has happened. Right. You know what a ho-. but when that movie was done after all that abuse. I couldn't wait to have a drink after that movie. <laughs> yeah. I never wanted to drink more after that movie. It had the complete <laughs> opposite effect on me. But I thought it was a great performance by Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what happened to him after that. But, <laughs> but you know, yeah. as far as that one great performance, which brings me up to another question, um, portrayals of boozers in film. Well, you mentioned, you know, Clint Eastwood in in that movie, how he waited and then how the liquor unleashed him. But are there any films that come to mind that were just great portrayals of a a damaged man because of alcohol?
1: Okay, I got to, this one is on my mind all the time. I love this. I think it's one of the, the great comic performances of all time. Dudley Moore and Arthur. That was going to be,
0: I was going to was, I, was,
1: I was. gonna close with that, yeah. but but that's okay. Again, a movie, I know that they remade it. I kind of turned my nose up at the remake and refused to see it. I, I've all, never seen it. I, I don't want to see it. I don't, I don't want to see it. I don't see, I don't I don't see, I don't see how
0: you could com- compete with that.
1: First of all, you couldn't make Arthur the way they made it in 1981. You couldn't make that today. Why? Basic, because they don't, alcoholism, Dudley Moore, Arthur's an alcoholic. And they don't treat it as a, a serious problem for him, although it does. He, because he's rich. Right. He's rich. But he's a mess. He is a mess. He's a broken man child. However, when he drinks, again, it unleashes this sort of, it's like a superpower. <laughs> <laughs> like whiskey, booze for Arthur is like spinach for Popeye. When you're watching, when you're a kid and you're watching Popeye and he starts eating spinach, you know the shit is on, right? You know Bluto's. Getting... And so, when I was a kid, I, I watched that movie over and over and over again. I loved it, and I couldn't wait for him to get drunk. And you couldn't show those things today, you know. You couldn't show Arthur like cruising around in his Rolls Royce drinking. Well, he had at a designated driver wheel. at least. Well, he did. But there's one scene where he's driving. Yeah. He's completely wasted and open bottle behind the wheel. And it sort of celebrates, you know, they're celebrating his childish nature, mm-hmm. but but really, what's happening narratively, visually, is a lot of drinking. And uh, I I love Arthur. I don't, I don't think you could celebrate that problem quite the same way they did back then.
2: Good point. Good point. And then you've got the you've got the classics. You've got Jack Lemmon, uh, Days of Wine and Roses. Yeah. You've got Ray Moland and The Lost, the Lost Weekend. Weekend. Uh, if you want to go back that far. I do want to go back that yeah. far because those were those were on my list. Yeah. Those are classic uh, performances. Um, and thinking of Nicolas Cage, I believe, did he not win his he, Oscar for that? He did mm-hmm. win the Oscar yeah. for that.
0: So back when it was good Nicolas Cage. Also uh, a good performance by um, Elizabeth Shue. Yes. Yeah. Who yeah. Uh, stepped out of her adventures in babysitting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, right. Uh, hit yeah, to do something kind of serious.
1: New, a new leg up in mm-hmm. her career.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, the Verdict. Oh, Oh, that That was on my list
1: yeah that was on your list i take one from you as well all right touche my friend Mm -hmm. i'll
2: be honest i that one slipped my mind good call yeah good call yeah i mean the great portrayal by the the movie
0: can we all be in agreement the movie that he should have won the oscar for yeah oh besides color of manner yeah
2: because he did not win right
1: i mean there are so many movies he should have he should have won it but
2: i'm saying you know at that point in his career that happens a lot though, the makeup hey, listen, the makeup Oscar.
1: Paul Newman winning for the color of money was much more acceptable than Al Pacino winning for Scent of a Woman. Right. <laughs> Which
0: okay. is kind of right. another. He's uh, a boozer uh, in that uh, movie. Uh, yeah, I'll reluctantly go with that one. Yeah, and yeah. Scent of a woman out, Al uh, Pacino is drinking what? I don't Anybody? know. Anybody? What is, what Anybody? is he, he drinking? Anybody? Jack Daniels. Is he? That right. That's true. My, my everyday whiskey. That, that's your go-to whiskey. <laughs> <My> every- <laughs> yeah, see, George, you don't have an everyday whiskey. <laughs> I have an everyday whiskey. Jack Daniels is my everyday whiskey. Uh, and the only thing that bothered me in that movie, well, there's a lot of things that bothered yeah. me in that movie, but the one thing, uh, as, as film critics, I don't know how close of an eye you take, but uh, the continuity was making me crazy. Because they showed him drinking a bottle, a bo- not a bottle, a glass of Jack Daniels, and the level of the Jack kept uh, changing. It would be low, and then he'd go, and it would be high. See, that, that never and bothers be, me.
1: Huh? When I'm watching, con- little continuity errors like that don't bother me.
0: And when it comes to drinking, it bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> it, it, it gets it, you it, all like. Well, it took me out of it for a second. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm I'm digging this character yeah. mm-hmm. and and you know what he's doing and then I see like oh well, you know what that's not really happening now yeah. because the the glass is full then the glass is low then it's yeah. high again and it's low again I'm like, no so that
2: that Well and it's something because of your You shouldn't have won the Oscar. <laughs> 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 it
1: was the script girl's fault. She should have kept it's track of the it's level. It's something of...
2: you're pay, really paying attention to. So yeah, yeah it's going to bother you. It bothered me I a I can see bit. that. Yeah. A little bit. What about All right, Arthur a fun. Yeah. Booze movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there any? Are
0: there any uh, comedies, iconic comedies? You think that would fall into the best booze movies of all time?
1: Well, we can go. We can go screwball classic. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite comedies that make me want to drink or <laughs> no,
0: no, no, for, for, let, let me some these movies we're not we're, we're not trying to make you drink people we're just saying <laughs> Listen what, what are uh-huh. what are considered to be some of the best all I can tell you is what movies time.
1: make I, I watch certain movies they make me want to drink I don't if okay. you' listeners and I'm not advocating it uh, the Philadelphia story really is it yeah I mean okay so you know Katherine Hepburn High Society girl. She's torn between Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart. They're all drinking. <laughs> they're all drinking for the, the the entire duration of that movie. And they're rich. And it makes it glamorous. And, it you know, they're all wearing beautiful suits and gowns. And there's the scene where Jimmy Stewart finally uh, has Katharine Hepburn sort of secreted away. And he says this line, uh, you know, he starts pouring uh, her glass of uh, bubbly. And he says whiskey is a slap on the back and champagne is a heavy mist before my eyes and then you know he totally seduces her and that's great that's, that's just great. great that's, that's just great, great writing
2: yeah. <laughs> that's
0: just great writing Philadelphia story is an excellent choice George what do you got
2: um well I'll go back a little bit a little bit farther uh another classic actor uh Burt Lancaster uh, okay. from 1968 a movie called The Swimmer Oh, oh yeah. yeah! Remember that? For one? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Love that. Uh, I loved it. It's a great short story. It was a came came from a short story by John Cheever uh, that was originally uh, in novel form, but he got it down because he wrote great short stories. Uh, he's
0: one of my favorites.
2: Yeah, and it's a you know it's a bit of a downer because it's a metaphor for alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burt Lancaster's character shows up at one of these uh, upper crust parties. Everybody's got a pool. Everybody's drinking, and he gets this idea in his head that he can get back to his own house by swimming the length of each yeah. of his neighbor's pools, and at each party he shows up to, the audience finds out a little bit more about his backstory. They're all giving him the eye, and what, why is he here? And what's going on with him? And then finally, when, you, when he gets to his house, you find out that his whole life has come apart, and the, the swimming is just a metaphor for all the alcohol that he's had and that has destroyed his life. And it's—I uh, I think it's a great movie. It's a great story, and again, a bit of a downer, but mm-hmm. uh, it's one that I definitely had on my a list. great
1: performance it by Burt yeah. Lancaster. And uh, that is a movie. That's interesting you bring that up. That movie really evokes a sense of place and time. Yeah. Like he's, he's, you know, hopping his neighbor's fences and getting into their pools. And they, there's this initial interaction with them. Like they initially, I think his name is Ned. Ned. Mm-hmm. They all like him at first. And then this slow sort of sense of discomfort washes over you. And uh, it's one of those movies that cre- it creates a weird it strikes a unique tone and it creates this weird sort of sense of discomfort the entire yeah. time it's, it's really just that, awkward
2: it's that slow reveal that there's something about him we don't know yet yeah. and his neighbors know it and that's why they uh yeah we kind of like him but all that what's this the strange things they're whispering about and then and then slowly you find it out so yeah let's go back to one
0: that you, that's been mentioned here back and forth uh days of wine and roses yeah um what i like about that movie of course are the performances uh, a little melodramatic at times, okay, mm-hmm. at times. But I like that movie because of what happens to when Jack Lemon wants to quit and does, yeah. and Lee Remick can't. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a that's a great story yeah. in that respect. Uh, when I'm sure that in life people have been in that very situation. Oh yeah.
1: And and you know we may call it melodramatic now. You know, at the time. I mean, that was just, they didn't start calling alcoholism a disease until the 50s. So for a lot of people, it was a tough pill to swallow that this was a real problem, mm-hmm. a real physical problem that, that you had. And in some ways, I think that melodrama helped sell that idea to the general public that yeah. this was something that, you know, was a monumental Herculean struggle for some people to to break that habit. And you're right. That that sort of you know uh, codependency like that that's a killer for a lot of people. Yeah, you know, when someone wants to quit and creates, the other person can't. Yeah, that's his playmate. She, he says, uh, um, Jack Klugman which is interesting Jack Klugman turns up in Days of Wine and Roses because yeah. <laughs> of the odd couple connection
2: And you know what people forget about that movie that Blake Edwards directed it Right mm-hmm. Yeah Yeah You don't think of you think of Blake Edwards you think of 10 Pink. and Victor Victoria whatever Pink, but right. yeah. the other movies Exactly yeah. yeah
1: And speaking of parties the Party.
2: With Peter Sellers? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I hope you're writing these down, people. <laughs> but it's a podcast. You can rewind it and catch them all because these are all great movies. Great movies that you have to I check out. I think we might
2: be programming a film festival uh, there. Possibly. Oh, that's yeah. interesting.
0: The Party. The, here, here's the weird thing about The Party. The yeah. first time I saw The Party, uh-huh. um, uh, Johnny, we're both from Steubenville, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the one thing to my grandmother would let me do because i lived with my grandmother yeah uh, at the time when i was in studio before my before my mother moved back there to be with me all right little side drama there um but the, the one she, the thing she would let me do was go to town downtown by myself to the movies and at the time there was the capitol theater and the grand theater and the paramount theater well the grand theater and the capitol were almost across the street from each other mm-hmm. and they would run double features yeah and I remember there was a Peter Sellers, and so she she had no, she had no idea what the what the ratings were, or you know, I think I believe it was, it was then it was M for mature audiences, mm-hmm. you know, but and, and G's and so forth. But I remember seeing uh, Peter Sellers in the party, and I was like eleven, okay, and wow, eleven years old, and loved it. Yeah, laughed hysterically to the yeah. point where it became one of my favorite movies. And it's interesting when I try to show that movie. Now, to someone saying, you're going to laugh your ass off. Right.
1: They're like, eh. Yeah, I know. See, that's so disappointing. I think the first 45 minutes of that movie are some of the funniest stuff that's ever been captured. And
2: it should really come as no surprise to anybody that's seen it. Much of it was improvised. They they wrote an outline and then, you know, Peter Sellers could just go off <laughs> yeah. and it, it has mm-hmm. definitely has that feel. And it, I, I can kind of see why maybe some of it might not transfer to today's comedic audiences. Well, do you I, think
1: part of it is that it makes people uncomfortable. You Again, here's another instance of a movie. I don't think you could make today mm-hmm. because one might argue that it's racist for a white actor to be doing a caricature right, of an right. Indian sure. person. Um, I don't see it that way. I think it's glorious. <laughs> <clears throat> and, I mean, it's brilliant. Uh, Peter Sellers is brilliant.
0: No doubt. No doubt. All right. So so speaking about glorifying booze, I mean, let's talk about a couple of fun movies that did that. Um, no one's mentioned Animal House.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> as far as a simple,
0: raucous, yeah. silly yeah. hit comedy, which I still... You you gotta admit there's you unconsciously still quote lines from Animal House it's, today. It has when to be one, quote, comble, right. be one company, of the most quotable. It's got to be one of the most quotable. Yeah, there's just lines sure. that someone will just say and you go oh, Animal House, yeah, right. you know. Yeah. And, <laughs> the, and and Belushi um, when you know they took the bar. They took the whole fucking bar, and he (laughs) drinks the Jack Daniels. This is my question. Is this
1: what launched your love affair with Jack Daniels?
0: No, no, no. I'll tell you that side story maybe later if we have time. (laughs) But my question to you both is the myth and mythology of Animal House. Did John Belushi, who we know was a pretty big drinker and and, uh, partaker of libations and other um, illegal sundries, when he when he downs that bottle of Jack Daniel's, do you think it was really a bottle of Jack Daniel's uh, or was it not?
2: I'd like to believe it was. Yeah, N- knowing his his mythology, I I wouldn't be surprised but I'd probably have to guess it wasn't. I'm going to tell you that I'm going to
0: say that it wasn't, and here's why. Once again, much like in in the scent of a woman when I was bitching about the levels of yeah. the of the alcohol in the glass, I looked at the color of the Jack Daniel's in in that bottle okay. which is very close all right but it wasn't especially it no. wasn't the it wasn't the same color as the jack i know and love
1: but that could be lighting it could
0: be it could be cinematography it could be mhm but I would like to think in my heart that it was not. And here's why. I'm sure because... we could Google this. <laughs> I'm sure. We... Don't. You're Googling
1: it? <laughs> don't
0: ruin it. <laughs> don't ruin it. <laughs> All right. Find out. Find out. That's uh, Greg Hansberry, our producer.
1: Belushi did not actually chug a fifth of Jack Daniels. It was iced tea. Aha! Thank you. Nicely done. There are
0: some Thank... conflicting reports
1: on that. Ah, I don't though. care about those. <laughs> I bet a couple, I, If it was multiple takes, at least one of those takes, he probably chugged the. fifth. Uh, A little, Jack. uh,
0: I forgot that, you know, with this modern-day podcast, we also have other modern-day things that can fact-check We just find these things out. I know.
2: kind of ruins it. No question. That's that's the sign of a trained eye.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, uh, and also a trained palate, because here's your little side story about Jack Daniels, one of them anyway. Uh, I was in Mansfield, Ohio, and we were uh, I I don't remember why we were up there, but we went to a local bar, and I ordered a Jack Daniels, and I took a sip. Of the jack daniels much like that and i said to my friend greg he goes what's america know that's not jack daniels mm-hmm. he goes did you see it come out of a jack daniel's bottle I go, yeah then i looked up at the jack daniels bottle and uh, jack daniels had changed their proof they went to a lower proof uh the label on that particular jack daniels bottle was the old proof the 90. okay okay fun fact Jack Daniels is the number one selling spirit in the world, in the world, as far as whiskeys go. Jim Beam is the number one selling bourbon in Ohio, but Jack Daniels is the number one selling spirit in the world. There's no way that the number one selling spirit in the world would still be in that bottle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My point being that the proof had changed well over a year at that point, almost two, so there's no way that that was a bottle of Jack yeah. Daniels. They were putting crap liquor into a Jack Which Daniels bottle. Yeah, totally yeah. illegal. Oh, yeah. And when I said, that's not Jack Daniels. And they said, yes, it is. I just poured out this bottle. I go, that bottle's the old proof. I go, Jack Daniels has changed its proof <laughs> since then. So you're a real
1: pain in the ass. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: And he said, I think you should leave. And I said, I think I should too. <laughs> but not before I finish the swill that I've already paid Jack Daniels prices for. That's funny. And we made our way out of
1: there. So that yeah. reminds me of a time uh, a buddy of mine lives in DC. Um, I went down there to visit him. He took me to a speakeasy. <laughs> you know, hipster. You talk about hipsters, right? Yeah. They got these little speakeasies, whatever. So you go, you knock on the door, it's in a bar, blah, 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 they let you in. Secret knock. I don't know if it was a secret password. Knock. I was probably already too hammered to know the secret knock. All I knew is I wanted to have this experience. Anyway I'm not going to bore you with the particulars. Uh we go back in there, you know, you like sit at the bar, they give you like four drinks, whatever, etc. And this guy, the bartender gives us this drink and he says something to me. I, I don't remember exactly what he said. Something along the lines of this is a this is a drink James Bond would appreciate. Something. Now that's All right. that is not something you you tell me. Right? Cuz I will tell you if James Bond We'll appreciate this What was this the drink? drink? Do you
0: remember what I it don't. Was? I
1: don't remember. But it had a straw in it. Okay, first of all, that's... that's wrong. It. Right? Right out of, right no out of the gate. Exactly. Wrong. Forget no it. Way. So I tell my buddy, I was like, the guy walks away, the bartender walks away. I go, you, you realize, of course, James Bond would never drink
2: out of <laughs> <was> a straw.
1: <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> So I get in this-
0: <laughs> I'm just trying to see Bond in an yeah. extra James Bond movie pausing to right. s- sip out of the yeah. straw before he- uh
1: Now maybe there was a moment when Sean Connery in his blue terry cloth <laughs> <laughs> jumper would have sipped out of a straw, but only momentarily. Anyway, I get in a big fight with this this bartender that How dare you say that James how Bond would you? drink out of a straw? <laughs> this is outrageous, and uh, you know, and I left. So. <laughs>
0: how dare you, sir? How dare you? How <laughs> dare you insult the legacy of James <laughs> Bond
1: with your straw? Story? By the way, I take James Bond seriously. My youngest kid's name, middle name, is Connery. By the way. Oh, so yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, you Franco Connery. Dealer. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, right? He doesn't know how awesome it is cuz he's he will four be. and doesn't drink yet.
0: He, no, but he will when he's a a spy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. you pretty much laid the groundwork. Exactly, for him.
1: <laughs> so, is, do we just are we just limited to one glass Oh, No, 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 okay. I'm sorry. I was How rude. <laughs> He likes it. How rude of me as a host. While you're pouring, I would just like to point out that it is the 50th anniversary of one of the great drinking movies. Do you know which?
0: 50th anniversary.
1: 50th anniversary of a movie that I defy you to drink as much as the uh, couple at the center of this movie. Uh, th- the writer, the playwright, in which the movie was adapted, just died a couple days ago. Edward Albee. Okay. Who's oh. afraid of Virginia, oh, Virginia Woolf? Who's afraid of Virginia yeah. Woolf? Richard
0: Burton Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. Oh, my wow. God. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, I didn't even know it was the 50th anniversary of that movie, and I uh, sat down with my girlfriend the other night to watch it and again. And, man, I mean— Powerful. Well, Yeah, it's crazy powerful. And it is some of the best screen acting you'll ever see. Richard Burton and uh, Elizabeth Taylor going at it like nobody's business. And it is, it is a, a beautiful example of just not the way real people talk— but the way you wish people always yeah, talked, yeah. Oh god, it's it's gorgeous, and they're drinking though. The drinking in it—if you attempted to drink every time they did in the course of the two hours, you're not going yeah, to get the movie. You could, You would be dead. You know, it's crazy, but it's it's also spectacular and feeds into a, a glorious thirst. You know, makes you want to drink.
2: Uh, what else we got, boys? Well, and one that it, it's makes me want to drink beers that I don't like. I'll be honest, I'm not a craft beer guy. I mean, I know this is a big craft craft beer town. Good for you, I I fully admit it. People try to get me on the craft. Okay, I'm not. I'm not not. against craft beers, but the the people that get
0: snobby about them, though though some people have accused me of being a bit of a bourbon snob, so I have to take it
2: in stride.
1: I I am a little bit of a beer snob. All
2: right. But one that that made me want to try some is The World's End um, from 2013. Uh, where the guys get together it's a bunch of uh, school friends 20 years after attempting this epic pub crawl uh-huh. they get back together and try to go through all these pubs and have a pint at each one and it's these drafts and it's these different kind of you know Hardy stouts or whatever and they look good when they're getting poured you know it's the gang from hot fuzz that's what I thought yeah. you know it's the part of their trilogy they call it the cornetto trilogy because there's ice cream in all three of them um, and it's I, I think it's pretty funny and it makes me it made me want to Try some of these beers that I know I don't like, but it sure yeah. looked fun to drink them yeah. and all the hijinks they get into.
0: So you're more of a beer drinker than a than a whiskey drinker yeah. per
2: se. Yeah, usually, um, but I do like I do like a, a nice Crown Royal. Um, you mentioned that earlier. Well, yeah. you know what? Uh, yeah.
0: I'll invite you back when we have some okay. Canadian whiskeys. But mainly,
2: it's
0: <laughs> I've already <laughs> promised my producer that I'd have Jamesons. For him, if we if we make it the same Paddy's Day with this thing, so oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, great. You're Irish. I'm, I'm taking no. You, you, just
1: you just like it, just like St. So Patrick's Day. So I'm taking Day. requests, Johnny. Yeah, right. If you
0: come back, I can I can uh, find something for you as well. I'm gonna mention um, a movie that also glamorizes or or makes drinking look fun. The Thin Man movies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. George for sure. Yeah. William Powell and uh, Myrna Loy. Yeah, basically martinis
1: for breakfast. Yeah,
0: I mean and that guy was a great detective. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was a great detective. He was half in the bag all the time, and yet you
0: know, and then and then once again I go back to the writing because the the repartee between those two, yeah. and how they delivered this the the, the it goes back to the screwball comedies chemistry were about man the, yeah Philadelphia story I I why can't they capture that type of back and forth, yeah. Today, I mean, there's just something magical about that time, and it wasn't the booze, but that was part of his character, right? The fact that he both was always them. both was of them, both yeah. Of yeah them. They both drank, but, she, but he seemed to drink a little bit more. She always kind of seemed like you know she was like always like just one or two behind enough to stay on top of the yeah, situation. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um,
1: but I don't yeah. know why they can't do that. I don't know. Why I, I, remember,
0: I remember a movie uh, with uh, George Clooney and I think Renee Zellweger. Uh, Leathernecks.
2: Leatherheads. Leatherheads. The football one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which tried to mimic that type of screwball mm-hmm. comedy feel, and the problem with that movie for me was the rhythm was off. Comedy yeah. is is timing, <laughs> and, and they didn't they didn't have it. It was just yeah. off, 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 off. And those guys just, man, back and forth, you know, the timing was just impeccable. Uh, uh, his Girl Friday, same thing.
1: Yeah. Fast, fast dialogue, oh, yeah. back and forth. I mean, um, I want to ask you a question real quick, and I don't mean to derail the entire mm. conversation, but, you know, we uh, you're but talking you about booths. You can't
0: derail something that ain't on the rails. Okay, all, all right, right, good.
1: So... Some of your listeners may. um, Larson, he goes right to your head. 92 proof. There, I'm slurring already. (laughs) Some of your listeners may or may not know that you spent some years here in town as a private detective. Yes. Did you. Were you like. Was there any drinking in the office? Like, did you have a bottle? You know, like how you Nicholson whole, pours, rule it, rule it. like in Chinatown, when Burt Young shows up in the beginning, he they pour drinks for their clients. Like, did that happen, or is that bullshit, or like, <laughs> I want to well, have considering this one... that
0: I wasn't a detective in the 40s. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but hey, it was what? It was the 80s, right? And there was a... <laughs> a lot of drinking and other, what did you, cut lines for your clients? <laughs> I didn't do that either. All right. No, in the
0: office... I, in the office, I, I remember that the 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 person who owned that particular company, yeah. After office hours, people would drink, but during, you know, and, and but I will tell you that when I worked by myself, yeah, uh, and a lot of that work was in Chicago. Um, I yeah, that was th- those those were some heavy right. years and where was... I would go from, you know, I'd be done working or even while I was working, and Chicago, you can literally. I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, bar scene in Chicago, but you could literally stay in one bar till four o'clock in the morning. And by the time you leave there, you can get to another one that's opening up at five. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's possible. So and in those days when things were tough, right. without going into a lot of detail,
1: I did that. Did your love of classic film feed into that? A th- that bit. profession, yeah, and maybe some of that, like you mm. know, I I always
0: said, you know, I jokingly say that everything I learned about being a good private investigator, I actually learned from uh, James Garner in the Rockford Files. <laughs> ah, that is a great reference. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. That's leave, that a be... yeah, <laughs> leave a message at the beat. Yeah, leave a message at the beat.
2: Yeah. What great. about Mash? You know, when when you that one came to mind when you uh, first. Not the TV show. Oh no! Which, the by the way, they did a nice
0: job of show, showing the swamp and on occasion. But I'm talking about the movie. Yeah. Um. Um. Shame on me,
2: Robert Altman. Robert Thank Robert you, Altman, Robert Altman.
0: Yeah. yeah, great movie. Yeah. Uh, groundbreaking movie for oh, time, yeah. as far yeah. as how it was shot and how it was. Talk about sound, people, mm-hmm. dialogue overlapping right. one another. You know, which was unheard of up yeah. to that point. But uh, yeah, I mean, booze played a big part. Oh, definitely. In, yeah. How they coped with the Korean War yeah. and the, and the stuff that they were going through. And they kept
2: that they kept that theme going into the TV series as well. You know, mm-hmm. they, they always had that homemade those homemade martinis going on. The still. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. still. Yeah. Is
1: that what they do in that movie, right? They they have a still in mm-hmm. in the in MASH. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah, they make their own they make their own hooch. It, it was always funny to me that in the movie version, uh, Hawkeye is the secondary character. Trapper John is the mm-hmm. lead and right. they flipped it. They flipped it for the TV series. Yep. Uh, you are correct, yeah. sir.
0: All right, so any other movies that you that that, that because we've diverted our conversations to the various <clears throat> alleys along the way. Yeah. Are there any other movies that you want to get out there that you want well, people to know are one of the best booze movies of all time?
2: I can't believe none of us have brought up the Big Lebowski. Oh, yeah. Yeah. the White Russians. <laughs> oh, yeah. Russian. And the White Russians. The I, White the Russian. I have it on my list, but I wasn't gonna bring it up because I thought, well, this they'll bring it up. Oh, but sure no really one has really so you talk about a quotable movie and a script where it... It's just so outlandish. You just watch it again and again because that's a movie where if I'm flipping the cable channels and it's on, I'm stopping. I'm not going past that movie. Right. I'm going to watch it and love every single line and just marvel at how did they think of this? You know, and the lines are so great and so funny, and the performances are fantastic. And you can quote it all day. And oh yeah, it's it's White Russians from you know yeah, from, yeah, from, yeah. from I, till I know the- for a
0: fact uh, uh, it's my producer's favorite booze movie, right? Yeah, I, I had never had a White Russian w- until I saw that movie, and then I think probably about four <laughs> years of my life that was all I drank.
1: But we started talking early on. I, there was when we started this conversation, we mentioned, we referenced the Untouchables, and I, I don't think you can't, uh, you you can't talk about this topic without talking about that movie because booze, whiskey, Canadian whiskey, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. looms large over over the entire proceedings, and and it's more
2: sean connery Um, more sean connery
1: and as you know uh the movie you know elliot ness kevin costner had a great performance early performance as elliot ness he's dedicated himself to fighting this you know fighting against uh the the movement uh you know this bootlegging movement and at the end when all is said and done when the fight has been fought and it's done, and Capone goes to jail. Yeah, They say, what are you going to do next? And what does he say?
2: Have a drink. I'm going to have a drink. <laughs> I'm going to have a drink. <laughs> yeah. Of course, yeah.
0: All right, let me come full circle. What do you think of the larceny? I loved it. I like
2: it. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I like it for, for my in, inexperienced palate uh, of the bourbons. I think it's pretty good.
1: Yeah. I am not a whiskey snob. I will drink any and all whiskeys. This one is uh, right in the middle, like you know, it's good. I I love the proof ninety two. You know, do you love the price? I love twenty eight dollars. <laughs> twenty eight dollars. Yeah, <laughs>
0: you know, because it, it's not going to be that way for long. People yeah. are people are starting to catch on to this one.
2: Well, uh, and I think what you said too about it doesn't have too much of a bite. I like no. I like that. It's got
0: a little sweet. Yeah. Do you little, like rye? Are you a rye? dude? I am a rye guy. There will be rye whiskeys on this show okay. before it's all. How about said a double and
2: rock and rye and seven carlings? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Animal House. There you go.
2: <laughs> nice. Uh, this little twenty-eight dollar bottle was rated
0: the uh, number eighteen in the top one hundred and twenty spirits of the world. Wow.
1: Where's so, it where's it out
0: of? Where's it out of? Yeah. It's a good question. I it came out of the liquor store at, <laughs> <laughs> at the Northwest Beverage on Bethel Road. Yeah, good. Hey, for this time, but it's uh well, it's a, it's Kentucky bourbon, so it comes from Kentucky. It's out of Bardstown. I, I tell tell to people all the time this is where I kind of like remove the snobness a little bit. It's what you like. Right. It's what you like. I know some people that that swear by Rot gut that I, I I I couldn't drink in a million years, but that's what they've become accustomed to. And, uh, you know, and Jack Daniels. Some people hate Jack Daniels. You know how I started drinking Jack Daniels? No, you were going to tell us. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, <laughs> I'll close with a story because we've got to wrap it up. Um, I was a scotch drinker, a single malt scotch guy. And I would drink Jack Daniels occasionally if that's the well they had, Jack and Coke, you know, just to be social, whatever the case yeah. might be. But I was a scotch drinker but I was also a huge Frank Sinatra fan. And um, when Frank Sinatra died, we had a a pact with my friends. When Frank dies, we meet at the Blue Danube restaurant, which is down on campus here in Columbus, Ohio. All right, Frank Sinatra dies, but I don't know he dies because we're all at my house watching the season series finale of Seinfeld. All right, the last yeah, episode right. of I remember that night, right? I remember yeah. that.
2: All right, so we're That's all... That's the night Frank Sinatra died? That's yeah. the night Frank Sinatra wow, died. Wow, I did not remember that. The That's more the night significant
1: Frank Sin- of the two cultural events.
0: Yeah, but we had no idea because yeah. we're watching the series finale of Seinfeld and then a party ensues after that at my house. And that goes till two, three o'clock in the morning. And then I have to come to work here at the radio <laughs> yeah. station. Ouch. Uh. Yeah, at, uh, at 5 a.m. And as I walk through the door... <laughs> Clark Donnelly, our news director, says to me, "Dean, I'm so sorry." I go, "What are you talking about?" Because on the way in, I was listening to an AM station that played old songs, and they're
1: they, well, 9:20.
0: Yes, I was. I was. And I said, we'll continue with our tribute to Frank Sinatra, and
1: I'm like, "Oh, cool, Frank Sinatra." <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: I'm half in the bag. <laughs> and I walk in, and Clark says, "Dean, I'm so sorry." And I go, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "You didn't hear?" I go, "He goes, Sinatra died last night." And I go, "Jesus!" I I, I, I I just like you're kidding me I like uh, how I I felt bad like, like 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 you didn't know like I didn't know yeah. like I didn't know immediately so I call my friends who are still in my house by the way even though I just left it and I <laughs> go, they don't know
2: either probably
0: I go Sinatra plan in effect Frank's dead Blue Danube all right that's a that was a serious finale on a Thursday so now it's a Friday and we go to the Blue Danube and then if you want to take a a, a movie image you know, look at the clock, you know, where the clock just goes around. <laughs> yeah. We start drinking at 11 o'clock Friday morning, and the clock, doo 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 goes into Friday, doo-doo-doo-doo, into Saturday, doo-doo-doo-doo, <laughs> uh, Sunday. I mean, it was like a whole weekend whole. of, yeah, well, <laughs> at, at one point, I don't think we were toasting to Frank Sinatra anymore, yeah, right. but, you know, that's how it started. But the whole time we were drinking, it had to be Jack Daniel's. Yeah. And after that three-day bender, bender <laughs> of Jack Daniel's, I'll yeah, I'll say it. I became a uh, wow. a Jack drinker. <clears throat> I mean, I think it literally washed out all the Scotch out of my system <laughs> and <laughs> everything to, else to the point to yeah. the point where I can still enjoy enjoy a single malt Scotch. There are, and there'll be scotches on this program too. We'll we'll, we'll imbibe in some of those as well, but. Jack Daniels became the everyday whiskey of choice to the point where I am now a Tennessee Squire. Do you guys know what that is?
1: I I would imagine I can I think
0: you have to be nominated to be a Tennessee <laughs> Squire. Ah. <jogger clears throat> really? By another Tennessee Squire. Oh. Wow! Wow! Wow. It's a wow!
1: We're in the presence of uh, greatness. Of
0: <laughs> uh, it also gives me a plot of land. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it does yes, not. It does. it does? It does. How
1: big of a plot of land? It's about
0: one like inch by one, by one inch by in by one inch. <laughs> but it's
1: mine. <laughs> it is yours. Really. I hope you build on it someday. <laughs> I, hope, I, hope, I hope to retire there someday.
0: <laughs> uh. Gentlemen, uh I can't thank you enough. This is podcast number one of whiskey business, uh the best of booze movies of all time. What happened here is we talked about some great movies, but we also got some great stories in the process and some thoughts about some other things as well, which is exactly what I want this to be. So, uh, those of you listening, I hope you enjoyed it as well. I want to thank uh, George Wolf, madwolf.com. Check him out there. Also, uh, his podcast, the screeningroompodcast.com, Johnny De Loretto, uh Cinema Classics on WCBE. But every uh, last Thursday of the month, the Not So Late Show at the Backstage Bistro. The last Thursday month right here in Columbus, Ohio, doing a live talk show. You were my first guest. I was your first guest. You are one of my first thank guests. You that only so seemed much. apropos. Yeah. It only seemed like the good energy, right? I
1: appreciate it. Keep, yeah.
0: And we were drinking on your show or drinking right, on my show. That's right. So, I remember. <laughs> vaguely. Yeah, vaguely. So, gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, in the uh, weeks and months to come, we're going to have uh, all kind of fun stuff on this show. Uh, actors. Um, um, uh, friends, other friends as well. The topics are going to range from A to Z, soup to nuts, which I've never understood that expression, soup to
1: nuts. We have everything from soup to nuts. It's great. Mark's Brothers expression, right? Is it? Is it a Marx Brothers expression? I, yeah, to, I, I don't know why I, I know, know that, uh, why that comes to mind. You know, we
0: have soup. Do you have nuts? No. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to go someplace else. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to cover all the bases on a variety of topics. But in the middle will always be a bottle of whiskey that we think that uh, you might like and might want to enjoy. So let me wrap it up and say this. Whiskey Business is a never-the-luck production recorded with the cooperation of the Columbus Radio Group. All opinions and views are those of the host and his reluctant guests and are not meant to be uh, uh, an influence or to be taken too seriously, unless, of course, you're easily influenced. (laughs) So (laughs) until the next bottle, this is Dino Tripodos reminding you not to drink and drive, Otherwise, how are you gonna smoke? See ya.
1: <laughs> Hello everyone.